So, hi, this is the Meadow Report. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm Vanessa Cassani. And the Meadow Report is a sort of modern take on a tribal method of communication mm -hmm. where tribal women would go out into the meadow and look for their, you know, their, their were gatherers. Men would go hunt, women would go gather. And then they'd come back to the tribe and share their, hey, there's good nuts and berries and water here. Mm -hmm. Watch out for danger here. And that's what we want to do. Vanessa and I want to um, bring our message, yeah. what we experience out in the world, um, out, you know, in the meadow, back to you, our tribe. Yes. Our listeners. Yes. And we love talking about um, things like spirituality and business and it we range from a whole variety of topics um maybe entrepreneurial stuff and yeah, motherhood um, food yeah things that are um, trending authors health yeah, yeah. Uh, any you know we have a list of things we have um one topic that we're probably going to stay off of, I don't know for sure, because it's so hot, that's politics. Mm. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Last time we recorded, we, we talked about um, religion, yes, so that's did. not off the table. It's not off the table, and it was actually a really good conversation. <laughs> it was a great conversation. So today, it's um, we're recording on, May, on uh, April the 27th, and Mother's Day is coming. Yes. And I want to talk about... Um, I can't believe this. I'm doing this already. I want to talk about our mothers mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. celebrating Mother's Day and being a mother. Yeah. Um, so I recently lost my mother and you, you know, your mom's still around, but... I have this weird relationship. I have two mothers. I lost my birth mother a while ago, so I kind of know a little bit of what that's like, but... Um, but I still have my mother that's present. My, mo my father remarried. And so, um, but talk, talk a little bit about the the history, like how old you were when you know you had that the confrontation with your mom. And so, um, I my father left my mother when I was really young, and my mother was an addict. So I it was not a good idea for me to stay with her, and so he fought for me, and eventually won, and I left my birth mother at four. And it wasn't until like ten years later that. I found out that she um, overdosed and passed away. And so I never really got to meet her. I have all these stories of her. I have, um, you know, some pictures and things like that. But I really, all the things that I know about her aren't really good, you know. Yeah. And then um, she had Which other children. Which makes Mother's Day really kind of, does it for you? It does. It yeah. kind of does. It's not like... It's kind of challenging. It's not uh -huh. this like wonderful... It's not. I don't know. I don't know. Even though I'm a mother and I, I enjoy right. it with my children and that's something beautiful that I get to, to share with them, I think it does bring up... It's really more about our mothers yes, than uh -huh. being a mother. It is for me. So we have a guest today, a very dear friend of mine, Sarah Gish is here. Yes. And it's so interesting. When I was in California, um, because my mom had died... I saw all of these things on Facebook that her mom had died. Mm -hmm, so our yeah. moms died, like, I think four or five days apart. Yeah, wow. they did. And um, mm -hmm. so I knew we were going through this together. And um, I've had some issues around my mom um, through my recovery work. And, in fact, I'm going to tell this story really quick. I was just sharing this with my daughter. One year, I had done my amends letter to my mom, but I hadn't shared it with her. And mm -hmm. I was carrying it around in my wallet for like two years. Wow. And it was Mother's Day was coming. Mm. And um, I kept going to the store and like looking at cards. And I was like, 
I there's no card. You're not feeling yeah. it. I would mm-hmm. leave, you know, you were the best mom. Yeah, yeah. You were always there for me and I was I like, know. no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated, that's for sure. It was I was like, where's the where's the the, the card for the mom that's like, you know, was a fucked crappy. up crappy <laughs> Dear crappy mother. Yes, I know. I'm supposed to love you. Exactly. Or say I love you. That's yeah. what I needed. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So um that's really what went around in my head as we come to our first Mother's Day without our moms. Right, yeah. right. And you must have repeated ones. And so I just wanted to have a conversation about yeah. like what, you know, how we do that and how we deal with that. So you want to tell a little bit of yeah. your story about your mom and your relationship sure. with her? Yeah. Um, you know, it's complicated. It's funny because women, uh, you know, mothers and daughters are always complicated. I haven't talked to a single woman friend who lost her mom who said oh it was so peaceful and I had a great relationship yeah I mean it didn't matter if you did there's have a, a good relationship there's a still... saying in 12-step programs and it's a, it's if it's not one thing it's your mother yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's the name yeah. of this podcast if it's yeah. not one thing it's, it's your, your mother, mother. Oh, you <laughs> it's your mother um so but you know my mom um and, and people have like I said very complicated relationships um and they find substitute mothers etc etc and you know my mom and I had a year where we didn't talk to each other and she mailed me my Christmas present I mean my birthday present we were both in Houston Um, you know but that was my 21 year old self Uh Um, so it's been up and down I mean there's a perfect picture that kind of expresses uh, my mom and I together that I posted on Facebook and it's of her, we're at the beach, and she's got her hair perfectly coiffed, and she's wearing this beautiful bathing suit, and thin and happy, and I'm being held by her, and my hair is all in my eyes, and, you yeah. know, I'm just like a mess, and I call myself Messy Wessie in that photo, because that's kind of how it was. You know, my mom was very, um, looked, she was beautiful. Like put together. Yeah. Put together, and I was always the girl who, like, you know, is a mess, and even on the day that my mom died, Um, I I broke something, you know, I was always breaking things and you know how you get around people who are so perfect and uptight. Yeah. Yeah. They make you you nervous. Yeah. You get nervous. Uh, And so I, I knew something had changed because I, I went in there. I didn't know she was going to die that day. Um, it was a sudden death. Um, and I can talk about that a little bit, but I walked in there and I said, mom, I can't believe this. I broke your little flower thing. And I was just crying because I kept breaking things, you know, I just get nervous. Or something. I mean, I guess I get inwardly nervous because it wasn't like I was walking around being nervous. Um, and she said, oh, honey, that's okay. Just put it, hide it somewhere, which was progress, you know. Yeah. She didn't say, go fix it. You know, uh-huh. I was like, I was laughing later because I was like, she told me to hide it. She didn't say, just throw it out. You know, you have to hide it because <laughs> you can't, you know, whatever. But um, it was just funny. So, you know, my mom, um, it was a sudden death. She she had heart issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was helping her get through a divorce from a man who um, took advantage of her finances. You know, I mean, she let him do that, but he definitely took more than he should have um, and did some really nefarious things, not just with her money, but with the house deed and, you yeah. know, the will and blah, blah, blah. Um, and we discovered all this, but she, you know, and she kept saying, so I was helping her with the divorce and she kept saying, why did I do this? Why did I do this? You know, cause she had done it once before we'd yeah. gotten her away from him and then she remarried him. Um, and I, I just was, I didn't hold anything back, you know, and part of me thinks maybe if I just glossed over it, she would still be alive today. 
But I had made a decision both the first time and the second time of getting her away from this man not to gloss things over. It's like, this is your crap. You get to deal with it, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And so the second time, it was the first time it was my brother and I and his wife. My brother has since died of alcoholism. So mm -hmm. this time it was, and you know, the, the, his wife is a lovely person, um, but there's a lot of complicated issues between my mom and her. Um, so it was me basically helping my mom and my husband. And I just, I felt like, it was very stressful trying to get your 83-year-old mother divorced from someone yeah. who she's been divorced, you know, is triggering all the first time of doing right. this. Mm -hmm. um, so she kept saying, why did I do this? Why did I do this? You know, and I said, Mom, you're a love addict. You're a love yeah. addict. You know, and she's mm -hmm. a psychologist, EDD psychologist for almost 40 years, you know. And sometimes psychologists are sicker than others. But you they know? don't treat themselves. They don't yeah. treat themselves. I, mean, I know. Dr. Heal thyself. Yes, exactly. But the really cool thing is, is that I was able, we talked about that honestly. We talked about her alcoholism, you know, because she, when I got a hold of her after her husband moved out, actually, for, to a nursing home. It's a complicated story. But when she was by herself about a year ago, um, she was drinking a lot, you mm -hmm. know, so we had some talks about that and she has a heart problem. Her doctor told her not to drink, you know, mm -hmm. that's a little alcoholic. So I didn't control it necessarily, but I just said, you know, you need to not be doing this. So as we, time went on and it became apparent that she did not want to be married to this man, thank God. Um, we, our relationship started healing, mm. you know, and I was able to say everything I wanted to say. You know, there was some really nasty stuff that she did to me um, many years ago and over the years. Um, she kind of came back to life because she was away from her drug of choice, which right. was him. him. Right. Um, and also money, yeah. too. Money yeah. is a big thing. Right, she grew right, up very right. poor and money solved everything, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And she worked really hard to make money and save it. Um, but you know, we, we were able to make peace and she apologized over and over again and we cried a lot and you know, it was really sweet. You know, we, I went over there a lot. Um, now the hard thing was when she died, her husband, uh, moved into the house and has locked me out. I haven't been back into her house, which I went to almost every day since she died. You know, I've been able to get close via him, but it's very, you know, it's painful. I haven't yeah. been able to grieve. I mean, I would love to have been in that house and walk through and said goodbye and grieved and do all the normal stuff, but I can't do that right. yeah. because she married a jerk. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention is, or a couple of things. One is that it was really important to me um, not knowing, I mean, we thought, you know, frankly, that he was going to die first, mm -hmm. you know, so because he's very ill. Um, so when she died first, it was kind of like, what? This wasn't part of the plan, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, literally. And um, it wasn't part of either of our plans, you know, but but God does funny things, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think she also wasn't up for this nasty divorce that right. we were about to go through. Right, right. So, um, so it was important to me, no matter what happened, to make peace with her. So I love labyrinth walks. And mm. so I did a labyrinth walk solely dedicated to my mom at this beautiful labyrinth in San Marcos. And this was about six or so months ago. And I didn't know when she was going to die. I didn't think she was going to die right, you know, mm -hmm. when she did. But I just felt like I was having so much turmoil 
reconnecting with my mom without her husband there too because it was just the two of us really reconnecting that I did this labyrinth walk and I just thought about her you know as I was doing it and I um, when I do a labyrinth walk I do um, release rec as you're walking in receive in the center and rejoice on the way out yeah. mm -hmm. so in the center of many labyrinths there's six rosettes which are those little it's like a flower flower petals and so at the six rosettes, and we're going to do this in a little preview um, of a labyrinth walk in May um, for Mother's, you know, Mother's Day. Um, but at each of the six rosettes, I thought of a gift that my mom had given me, mm. you know, intelligence, beauty, um, pluckiness. I mean, I really, I came up across that one because my mom and dad are from California. They picked up and moved across country to Michigan, to Ann Arbor with my two-year-old brother, mm -hmm. um, for my dad to teach German there. They had me there, and then six months later, they took these two kids, went to Texas, to Houston, mm -hmm. never having been to Texas, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's pluckiness. I mean, that was one thing I wasn't expecting to hear myself say. Mm -hmm. um, but I got those six things, and then I wrote them down and you know, did some artwork and all that, and then I was able to share it with my mom. You know, and I think it's really important for us as daughters to be able to, and as mothers too, you know, what gifts have our children given us, um, but to be able to share with my mom and to say, these are the things that you gave me. And one of them is material support. I mean, she also gave me financial support as well as mm -hmm. her husband. Um, you know, so I just had to be really like delve deep, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I, I've done, you know, the, the steps on them. I mean, I've got lots of resentments now that I'm still working through um, post her death. But oh, it was really, I'm so glad I was <clears throat> able to share that with her before yeah. she know, died. So when you mentioned that, I was starting to think like, you know, I don't think I've ever really thought about, I have thought about what did I learn from my mom, but the yeah. gifts <clears throat> and, you know, the things that come up for me is my mom's love of um, cooking, which my mom oh. loved. We, we had a huge family. We had six kids. You know, my yeah. mom had six kids in nine years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And this was all before, you know, we're mostly, we're kind of on this borderline, like really late, 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 late baby boomers. But so, you know, we're all kind of on that borderline. But, um, you know, so it was pre-birth control. Uh -huh. And um, finally, after my brother, my youngest brother was born, my dad got a vasectomy. But it was like that, you know, yeah, her nine years, you know, she <clears throat> yeah. was pregnant or breastfeeding. Yeah. So, um, but she did, she cooked everything. And um, I, she shared recipes and ways of, of mm. cooking that her mom did. And that's another gift that I got from my mom is her mom. Yeah. My grandma. Mm -hmm. You know, she was such a lovely grandma. She would, you know, pick us up and let us come. And Amy and I, my sister and I would play in her car. She had a, um, I don't know what year, but it was a Valiant with a push button transmission. <laughs> wow. That's the, old. I know. Yeah, it's a really so cool. cool car. If I ever mm -hmm. saw one for sale, I would buy it, you know, but um, yeah, and we would play like that. So I think those two things, I know she loved holidays mm -hmm. and would, um, you know, decorate the house and stuff. So you know, maybe that, I think I'd have to really think, you know, but I'll tell you this much, you know, there's a lot of times I think about my family and growing up and, um, I don't have the story like my mom was always there for me or anything like that, 
but I had a huge family and I had we had each other Mm -hmm. you know and we would hold each other through the chaos and you know whatever else was going on yeah so what about you can have you ever thought about it like that I haven't really thought about it like that I mean I, I definitely like with the card I always kind of like give my mom a little card like You've taught me so much, <laughs> but I've never Not. really thought it. Like, yeah. I've I've never really thought about it in that way. But I think now, as I'm like, kind of diving into myself and learning who I am, I think something that I can think that my mother has given me, both of them, is self love, mm-hmm. because I'm learning to love them for who they are and all their imperfections, and that's helping me love myself, like a lot. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that comes up for me is that, you know, I do a lot of work around law of attraction. And the one thing that you do with something that you don't want is you use it for contrast. Mm -hmm. Right. I, you know, dove in to parenting with the desire to be the very best mother that I could. Yeah, me too. I just really (laughs) wanted to... High five for that. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it around. I mean, and and there was a point, I'll tell this story real quickly. Um, My my youngest daughter, Samantha, was going to go into therapy. She was in high school. Your daughter, who I love. My daughter, yes. yes. And... um, Everybody loves me. I know. She's awesome. And um, I went to meet with the therapist first, and we did this intake. And I'm in there for an hour and ten minutes. She's asking me all these questions, and I was all worried about her, you know. And at the end, the therapist says, so I've asked you a lot of questions. Do you have any for me? And I was like, yeah. What's wrong with her, and what are you going to do to fix it? You know? <laughs> what about that? And she goes, she says, well, um, you know, your daughter has trauma from you moving. Mm-hmm. Six times, and then many times before that, she has trauma from you getting a divorce. She has trauma from you going to jail. She has trauma from you know your yeah. rage. She has trauma from this and trauma from this and trauma from that, and it was all pointing back at me. Right. Yeah. So I got in my car and I called my sister and I said, "Well, I found out what, what's wrong with Samantha, and it's me. <laughs> yeah. but it's when, not one thing; it's your mother." But yeah. when I said that, I had this realization that I always thought like. My mom did not try. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like, okay, so here's the thing. If I was this cognizant and this intentional about being a really good mom, mm-hmm. and I fell short, yeah. this far yeah. short, mm-hmm. then maybe my mom did the best she could. Yeah. That's such a, that's a gift. It is. That's a, that's a really so gift. True. The lessons. Like that's you said. a gift. You know? um, I want to tell a real quick story, too. Um, after my mom died, uh, I was at my house, and... and you know, I have connections with people after they die, and um, I, I, we all do. We were talking about that a little right. bit, where you have, you know, flashing lights and coins and white feathers, repeated, you know, all that repeated numbers. Um, but in my mom's case, she had just died, and it was like the night after, I guess. And I was just going around my house, just like, where is mom? You know, where are some things that, writings or something that I can just process this thing and connect to my mom and I was like no there's nothing Mm -hmm. you know that I can think of because we lived in Houston so we didn't really write letters to each other um but I kept hearing her voice saying find the handwritten dear daughter letter and I was like handwritten dear daughter letter what are you talking about so I was just walking around my house you know 1 a.m or whatever where's the handwritten dear daughter letter and then suddenly it hit me that we had, I had a, in my vanity, I used to shove birthday, Christmas, what it was really birthday cards and letters and whatever from family. 
And it was like a treasure trove. So I opened that and then there's all these cards in there from mom, dad, brother, all these, you know, dead people really. Um, not on purpose, of course. No, but you were so, yeah. keeping them. Yeah. So I pulled out all those cards and I started going through them and just crying because there's my dad, dad's handwriting, my brother's, you know. Mm-hmm. There's Claire who died, another relative. Um, and then I kind of found all these cards from my mom. And they were all signed in her perfect school teacher handwriting, love mom. Love mom. Love mom. Each one. And I was like, oh my God, this is not the dear daughter letter. But before I, I kept looking, but I did notice that those cards were so sweet. Yeah. You know, she was an introvert. So it was harder for her to write, Express you know. Her feelings. Yeah. And so she expressed her feelings through these amazing, what you might call cheesy Hallmark cards, mm-hmm. but they were beautiful sentiments like, daughter, you've, you know, blah, 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 I love you, whatever. Love mom. So I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. I found those cards, but that's not the dear daughter letter. So then I suddenly happened across this four page handwritten letter. And the front page said, Dear Sarah, um, la la la, you are such, I'm going to get chills. You are such a dear daughter, and I love you very much. You know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is it. And I just started <laughs> crying and crying. So that was beautiful, and I still have chills, but it gets even better because um, later, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, so this is three months after her death, um, I did was able to get all, you know, lots of stuff from her. I haven't gone into her house, but I was able to get things out. So, you know, letters, um, photos, scrapbooks, etc. And there, in a pile of stuff, she had photocopied that exact page. And mm-hmm. so it was that important to her mm-hmm. to have a to copy of that. Um, yeah. And I just thought, oh my God, this is so touching. And that's the kind of thing I did was photocopy, you know, notes that my children wrote or, mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like something I would do. And I was like, you know, you realize, and I'm sure you've had this experience, well, maybe both of y'all, but <clears throat> you realize that your mother is more like you after they die, you know, or there's things that come up that you didn't realize. Or just mm-hmm. getting older. You yeah. Know, you go, oh, yeah, you just now have some, I know. some yeah. wisdom. But I right. will say also that I was very confused when I went to college about what to study. And my mom said, I'll never, ever forget this. She said, sweetie, you love art history. Why don't you study art history? And so I was an art history major, and I'm so grateful I was because that led me to all kinds of opportunities. It helped me learn about history through a fun way, not boring dry way. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at museums. I loved art, you know. And so without my mom noticing what ignited my life, you know, yeah. my whole thing is about igniting your life, um, you know, and I'm forever grateful for that right. because she did that. And, and I try to do that with my kids too, you know, pass that on. So is there anything else that you think like that you learned from your mom that you either bring to your family, to your kids, or that something like specific that you don't do because of your mom? There's a lot of things I don't do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I really just tried. I think growing up, I didn't feel very validated and seen and connected to my mom, to either of my moms. Um, and so that's something that I really try to do for my children. Cause I think that's like such a need, you know, just a human need. Right. And I think if there's anything we can give them is that knowing that they're loved and that they're seen and they're valued and validated. That's like my main goal with my children uh-huh. at all times. And what about you, Sarah? Is there something? 
Yeah, well, it's the same thing. I always say, you know, people say, oh, you're so intuitive. And I say, well, yeah, because I was raised in an alcoholic family. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you have to read people's, right. you know, feelings. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Another thing that was surprising for me is that when my mom died, I got all of her purses, her hats. I mean, she's got 50 plus purses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's wacky. And she was kind of a, she, not kind of, she was a clothes horse, you know. And at the end of her life, she wore the same sweats and t-shirt. But throughout her life, she was a clothes horse. And I kind of didn't like doing that. You know, I, I just would barely get dressed or whatever. But now, I'm like, you know, you can see my jewelry today. Mm-hmm. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, but I kind of am having fun dressing up and using my mom. Like I have my mom's cute purse over there and I'm actually going to do a, um, (laughs) you know, social media thing, hashtag Claudia's purses. Her name was Claudia. Um, and take a photo of a different purse and wear it every day. You oh, know? I like that. That's yeah. a good way to honor your mom. Well, yeah, but that was something that drove me nuts. Yeah, you know, what yeah. are you doing with these 50 purses? Yeah. You know? And now you're getting so much joy. And, and I was going to sell them. I actually had them at my house before she died, and I was going to sell them. I was and like, now you're like, nah, oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually have drawers. I'm getting this. I have a um, special chest of drawers for them. I'm going to put them in the drawers and pull out, you know. Because in each purse is like a, you know, a celebration of her. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm finding, you know, pens from the luncheon that we went to. Oh, and there's the 20 salt packets from Whataburger, <laughs> which my, I used to do the same thing. I'd like steal salt packets. I'm like, yeah, mom. <laughs> I got she, that from her. Yeah, no, I carry salt in my purse. I am not kidding. So my mom and I both love salt. <laughs> but you have to find, I mean, you know, there was that awful stuff. But, you know, and I also found like... Sweet notes, both my mom and my dad, I found our report cards from elementary school. Well, actually through all the years, which I kept for my kids too. But when we were growing up, you're, you and I are closer to the same age, but um, Elizabeth, not Vanessa, you're a youngin. But um, they used to handwrite the report cards, you know, oh, handwrite wow. little notes. Yeah, and you had like a yellow card. Yes, I had, that, yeah. I had that yellow mm-hmm. card with the little checks. Yeah. And then my parents always wrote little notes to the teachers. You know, Sarah's really enjoying your class. She's no. really excited when she comes home or whatever. We should do that now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very sweet. And it just made me realize, wow, my parents... In spite of me thinking they were alcoholic, they didn't pay attention, they really did, Mm -hmm. you know, in their own way. Yeah. You know. So one of the things that, just thinking about it, when you mentioned the the letters, I have a a file folder. When we moved here, um, all of my uh, family was in California, and Mm -hmm. my mom and dad and I had this, we... They wrote a lot, mm. and I have quite a few of them, so I'm going to go through those and read them. Yeah, um, it's so very... And, mm-hmm. um, I do, it's, you know, I do love my mom's handwriting and yeah. you know, looking at it and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think I'll do that um, on Mother's Day and honor my mom that way. Oh, so well, nice. and, you know, somebody said to me, because now I'm basically an orphan, you know, I've lost my dad, my brother, and my mother. Right. So all three of my family members are gone. So I call them my angels, you know, and we're mm-hmm. Team Gish, and we're going to get shit done here on yeah. Earth. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all have the last name Gish. Well, my mom was going to change her last name back to Gish. Um, but, you know, I just feel like they're always with me. And um, I also, you know, part of this whole thing is acknowledging the grief process, too. Um 
but especially with mothers. You know, somebody said to me, because like I said, I already, already had lost my dad and my brother, and my mom and I even talked about, we're the strong ones, the women in our family yeah. rock, you yeah. know, we live forever. Because her mom lived to be 96, you know, and her mom was hilarious, Grandma Dot, because she she was one of 12 children, and everybody had died except for Frida and Dot, you know, so they were like racing against time to see mm-hmm. who would live the longest. And Grandma Dot had me call Frida and say, or, or figure out what, what age Frida was when she died. And she was 95. And Grandma Dot was like, all right, I can do this, you know. So she died at 96. (laughs) Yeah, and she did. And she died at 96. And so I thought, wow, you know, mom is going to live to be 96 or, you know, in her 90s. And it was a shock. You know, it was a total shock. But I will tell you that my mother did not take care of herself. You know, I was taking her to the doctor two days later, her heart doctor, who she hadn't seen in two years. That's not my responsibility to to make sure she goes to the doctor. Um, But I was trying to help her. But you have to, what you said about self-love is so profound because we're the ones, I mean, our mothers, and that's what people told me. Your mother is going to be really hard when your mother dies, no matter what the relationship, because they're the person who gave birth to you. You were connected by an umbilical cord, but they're also the person when things are good, who was, who you know, it's always in your corner. Right. I mean, ideally. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been strange, but, you know, kind of working through the grief process has also been really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm fascinated by the grief process. You know, I, I had, um, there were some friends on that flight in Kerrville, the, the crash that happened. And, you know, one of them was the husband of a good friend of mine. And, you know, she's texting people, emailing people, you know, let's do this, da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, I see where she is. She's in the shock mm-hmm. phase yeah. where you get a lot done. Yeah. And pretty soon she's going to be in the, you know, the other, the next phase where you're like bargaining and then the next phase. And, you know, no relationship is perfect, no matter where it ends or how it ends. And, you know, for people out there that lose their mothers, you know, I can tell you, I spent a good month bargaining you know, whatever, however I could, you know, I should have taken her to the doctor this Thursday prior. I should have, you know, made sure she had her meds that day, should have, you know, whatever. And I will say my mother went out in a, as my friend said, a blaze of glory because she made a chocolate cake Monday night, ate it all day on Tuesday. I mean, literally ate it all day just for fun and died Tuesday night. <laughs> and she was happy as what a clam. Yeah. And, and I went to a movie. I was with her, you know, at 6.30, went to a movie. And when I left, I said, Mom, make sure you eat some dinner. You've been eating chocolate cake all day. And um, I came home, and sadly, you know, that's when she was, you know, passed out on the floor and eventually died. But you know what? She, she died chocolate. from chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is I shared it with friends, you know, joyfully shared it with friends. And then two days later, I still had some. And my friend was like, no one's died that's eaten this, have they? And I was like, oh, my God, what if she poisoned it? We all it? did. Know, everybody <laughs> ate it. But she did not. I mean, yeah. she just wasn't that kind of person. And, you know, I really, for, she was by herself when she died. And so I thought, God, maybe she did commit suicide. And I thought... God, no, because she doesn't have internet. She has no idea how to get on a computer or a phone. And sadly, that's how we know what to do. I mean, that sounds right. weird, but I know that my mom, it, yeah. she wouldn't go, I wonder how many pills it takes. I, let me look that up, you know. 
And she didn't. I mean, she had sleeping pills that she took as prescribed, and they were normal. You know, the normal amounts yeah. left. And... Well, I know, like when my mom died, I came back, and um, I noticed in the beginning, like I felt like I should tell everybody. You know, yeah. they'd be, yeah. you know, how you doing today? What do you mean? My mom just died. I wanted right. to tell everybody. Right. I was right. telling. Um, I was waiting. Strangers. The, yes. Yeah. My mom just died. You know. <laughs> yes. So, the hell like it would just come out i had no control that's where you are you know and then when i got back to work i you know my people people would ask me how are you doing you know it's like really like what i want to do right now is i want to quit my job yeah like go home and lay on the floor with my dog i want to go get my grandkids i want to go to the beach Mm -hmm. i want to you know i want to experience life you know because what it what the profound thing that came for me is that the last five years of my mom's life were not good. She had Alzheimer's, she right? Had Alzheimer's. Yeah, that and just she was, breaks my heart. Yeah, and it is yeah, heartbreaking. That. You know, mm-hmm. it is. And um, but it goes fast. Yeah. Life goes really fast. It does. And the time goes really fast, and all of a sudden you're there. Yeah. And I want. I know for me, like I was really intentional when I came back. I want to be really, really intentional about enjoying. Right. Yeah. Staying in the life, now, yeah. in the and now, having mm-hmm. having really good experiences, mm-hmm. you know, to do things like this, and and you know, have joy and love and laughter, you know, I love that, yeah. That's well, and I will say too, you know, as I said, my mom is an introvert, and I'm a extrovert. I'm like the most extroverted person I know, and that anybody else knows. I mean, I can talk to the wall and have a good time. Um, but you know, my mom had no close friends, you know, mm-hmm. girlfriends and, you know, my girlfriends neither. Yeah. And that's what keeps you going. You it know, is, girlfriends yeah. say, don't marry that man again. Or yeah. right. girl, get out and go see a movie. Right. Girl, get to the doctor. Yeah. When was the last right. time you worked out? Let's I mean, go this on is what a we... weekend trip. Yeah. 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 That's what girlfriends. Yeah. Yes, they uh-huh. do. Mm-hmm. And that is another gift I got from my mom because watching her and knowing you know, that she relied on us, on her daughters, yeah. to be her girlfriends. And, which is fine, but it's like, for me, I wanted, you know, I want real girlfriends. Right. I don't want to use my children for my friends. Girlfriends right. by yeah. choice. Right. Right. I mean, or, you know, friendships yeah. by choice. Yeah, it's so, um, yeah, that's the truth. I really, uh, and you know, and I, I, now I have to say, her funeral, I had to plan really quickly um, because of timing with everybody's out of town schedules, but it was a beautiful funeral. And I'm very grateful to Ed Brandon's funeral, um, who was a friend of mine, the weatherman, um, because what they did in his funeral was they had people from his family life, you know, family relatives speak, and then music or whatever. And then they had people from his work life speak, so other mm-hmm. newscasters, media mm-hmm. people. And then they had people from his AA life speak. Mm. And it was really beautiful. So I followed that format and I had my mom's California family, her sister, come up and speak. Had a neighbor, you know, talk about what it was like in our little neighborhood. Because um, we were all very close. Very alcoholic and very close, you know. And then um, one of her colleagues, you know, one of her psychology uh-huh. colleagues spoke. And, mm. you know, and then there, we had beautiful music in between. We all read um, Psalm 23 together because there was this issue with her husband being an evil person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Psalm 23 talks about that, Um, you know, and then we just, you know, we walked into um, Amazing Grace. My cousin was playing on the recorder. 
we walked out all singing um, when the saints come marching in, you know, mm-hmm. so it was a really beautiful funeral. And um, we did my brother's funeral at Christchurch Cathedral, which I love. And I go there. Um, I have, you know, some different beliefs than they do necessarily. But it was a very different funeral because we mm-hmm. had to follow the rule book, you know, the, yeah, the, right. Um, right. the liturgy. And, the liturgy, yes. yes. And and that's okay. You know, I was able to do a great um eulogy there and I did my mom's eulogy as well um but I think it's really important to do what you want to do to honor that person and not be constrained by the church you know thing if you have if you can get away from that but also one thing I regretted was I didn't talk to my mom you know like we, we knew I knew that she wanted a coffin and not a cremation which I fought her to the end of literally when she was dead I was like we're doing cremation she ain't here to argue and then her her husband in spite of being estranged from her he was like no she wanted a coffin and I said well you pay for it so he paid for it so Mm -hmm. she got a coffin you know in spite of my wishes but um and her wishes she got fulfilled which was good um and she's buried in beautiful Glenwood Cemetery but um, I'm actually working with the Jung Center on um, grief, death, dying, and all that mm. because um, we're going to do a, a um, panel discussion about that. Because it's really important to sit down with people now, you know, with your children right. or at least have it written up. This is what I want for my funeral because I, you know, I'm very controlling is one way of putting it. But I'm very, I have specific ideas. Right. And I don't want my husband to go me to say... Okay, well, Sarah right here might want this song. And I'm like, ugh, I hate that song. You know, I'm up in heaven going, I hate that song. Don't do that, you know. Um, And something else that's interesting is, you know, pay attention after someone dies to dreams that you have with them. Because people say that's how they're they're visiting. And so my mom came and visited me um, in a couple of dreams. And in the first one, she said, thank you so much for taking good care of my car. Because we made sure that I got her car in the um, will, which was not specified in a previous will that her husband had done with her. Um, And I'm taking real good care of it. I mean, I'm getting it, you know, fixed up and everything. And then the next night, she came to me again in a dream. And we were at a Mexican restaurant. It was really loud and joyful, which we love to go eat Mexican food. And she leans over and she goes, I really like the funeral. (laughs) And and I said, what did you say? And she goes, oh, oh, nothing, nothing. (laughs) This is all in the dream. So, And again, I have chills because I think... I mean, I know it was her visiting, right. no. but I think yeah, she didn't yeah, really yeah. know the angel rules. That you're yeah. supposed to act like, you know, it's kind of a dream. And, and she kind of was so excited that she yeah. was like, she I really, really, I really she wanted like me to it. know. Yeah. Yeah. It was so yeah. cute, you know. And, oh, I um, love that. And I could. I visualized her, you know. It was at this funeral home that was just beautiful and kind of lots of oriental antiques or whatever, Asian antiques. And I could hear her, as we were planning it, walking around and going, wonderful. <laughs> she said it in a certain way. I'd say, Mom, I'm, you know, you, you look great. Wonderful. That yeah. was her big thing. We're putting that on her gravestone, actually. Wonderful. Because <laughs> that's what she always said. But I could see her walking around, yeah. touching things, right, right, right. and just being very excited that we and were And I there. think it is really important to remember those things about our moms and to honor them. I'm going um, this coming weekend to... We're going to um, dispose of my mom's ashes oh, with my family. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, it is important to to do that. And in the way, we're doing it the way that she had requested. So yeah. if you, listener, have, um, if you want to email us or tell us a story about your mom, um, we'd love to read yes, your letters on on our podcast and talk about your mom and 
I think um, my message is just to celebrate your mom in whatever way you need mm-hmm. to. If you can't find a card, get a blank one and just sign your name. That's what I did that year. <laughs> and I love thanks I just, for the thanks you know, for the lessons. Yeah, because you, know, you do. We get lessons. lessons, even if they're not something that you know a positive, but you're doing the contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they make you who you are. So. They do. Yeah. So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Until the next time.